Hey, you're listening to Innovators Can Laugh, the fun startup podcast. I'm your host, Eric Milcher. On ICL, we interview an innovative entrepreneur in the European tech startup scene every week. My goal is to have my guests share their wisdom while having a little fun in the process. Now let's dive in. Okay, salute. Diana Shidragosh, Sun Unkutat, Savorbes Despresinatik Shikutura Compania. Welcome to the show, guys. Hi. Thank you for having us. Yeah, my well, pleasure. So, my guests today are Dragos Duse and uh, Diana Andrici, and uh, they're both founders. Synaptic creates software solutions based on AI for improving medical devices. And one of their tools uses revolutionary software to separate cancerous tumors and organs that are at risk. Guys, really excited to have you on the show today to talk about Synaptic. But before we get started, why don't you just tell us, and Diane, you can go first, where you're from and how did that shape your view of the world? I am actually from Moldova, from the Republic of Moldova. So I came here to Cluj for university and, they, and then I stayed here because the city is really nice. I'd say mm, the place where I've been didn't shape that much or it was nothing so special or so different on the way how it shaped my, you know, my perspectives or my choices. I wouldn't say it's that different from here, but you know, probably in some, my, in my unconsciousness, maybe there are some factors that I don't, I didn't understand or I didn't see yet. Okay. All right. Cool. How about you, Dragos? Yeah, so I'm originally from not so far from Cluj. It's a savage, it's a small town. And the same, I, I, I came for university in Cluj. Then I, I had a trip <laughs> of three years in Germany. And then I, I, I came back because I realized, yeah, this is a better place for a long-term stay for, for me personally. What were you doing in Germany? I was doing my master's degree in computational physics, and I was also working at some research institute. Okay. Okay. So your, your German's pretty good then? No, it's actually pretty bad, <laughs> but the, I mean, the, the default for, for master's in Germany, it's English. So okay. uh, I, I think also most of the master's studies in Romania are in English and also at the institute, there are so many international people. Of course, it helped if, if you if you spoke German, but it was always easier with English. So I was basically only speaking German when I was going to the store. I just, you know, I have a basic understanding, of course, but yeah. knowing English was just the easier way. Yeah, no, that sounds like my Romanian. I've got a basic understanding and I can yeah. say, you know, la revedere, buna divniata, things like that. <laughs> okay. Now, Diana, I noticed something interesting on your your LinkedIn profile. You had a quote there and the quote is, Life begins at the end of your comfort zone. So I want you both to think back and think about a time that you put yourself into a situation and it was out of your comfort zone. And why was that? So Dragosh, maybe would you like to go first? Sure. I, I think I'm most of the time out of my comfort zone because I'm a really outgoing person and I'm really curious and I always like to challenge myself. It's it's almost like, you know, these adrenaline junkies, I mean, maybe do, they do extreme sports and so on. I always like to wander around the, the boundaries of my my capabilities just to get that, that challenging, uh, yeah. like adrenaline feeling, you know? So yeah, I, I guess... 
I mean, since since we are in, in a startup, I guess this is the best example. Like like first, when you start, you really have to be out of your comfort zone. You have no knowledge. You have a lot of this imposter syndrome, you know, like, oh, what am I doing? Am I even the right person? Like, yeah. <laughs> maybe I'm just a fool thinking that I can do this and so on. So, yeah, lately, I, I think this this was one of the most challenging situation where I was out of my comfort zone. During this journey, when you started, when you guys started your startup, Synaptic here, what has been something that you felt really nervous? Like, was it when you were asking for investment or pitching to investors, or was it when you were growing your team and you were having to speak in front of all your new employees, or was it when you were launching a product on the website and you weren't sure if you were going to get any signups? I mean, what, what, is it all those things or was there like one specific thing that you felt like I'm really nervous about how this, this is going to go here? Yeah, I think talking to investors, uh, at least the first time, it's really scary because you feel like, like. I told you, it's, it's a lot of this imposter syndrome that you don't even know if you can do it or you just brainwash yourself thinking that you can do it. Uh-huh. And you, you go to these investors and ask for hundreds of thousands of euros and you feel like you robbed them. <laughs> but this kind of went away when, when, when one of them just told me like, look, you have to realize that, that it's an opportunity for the investors as well because where do you find these motivated people that are able to work 12 hours a day, seven out of seven, who has have all these uh, amazing studies and experience and they're passionate and so on. And they, they are ready to, to work for, for a, a small salary for years just to make this this come to reality. And for for them, it's maybe not so much to, to risk 100,000 euros since they're already wealthy people. So when this investor told me that, okay, you should see the other way around that it's mostly an opportunity for the investor and they are the lucky ones that they have all these people working for so much just to get this and they don't have to do many things, of course, maybe an <laughs> advice. Yeah. And then, then I just switch and I realize, yeah, this guy is right. So I actually, yeah, they are lucky too, you know, because we are. <laughs> <laughs> Does that change your approach when you go to these meetings now? Like, yeah, hey, listen, I'm short on time. You're really lucky to meet me. So, uh, you know, if you want me, I signed you an autograph right here. Okay. All right, Diana. How about... <laughs> okay, Diana, how about you? About a time that you were out of your comfort zone and uh, did that happen recently or maybe, you know, a few years ago prior to Synapti? I mean, I have, I actually have this quote, quote on my profile as you saw, but it's, in many times, it's more like to, to guide me or to remind me there that I need to do this. But I am not that much outgoing as Dragos is, unfortunately, but I aim to that. So I also have that quote to remember to aim to that. But yes, I also had many situations where I was out of my comfort zone, even before. So before I was a recruiter. So I had, I mean, I was nervous when talking to people, when like selling the jobs, when like convincing people to come to the company. And especially I went off, out of my comfort zone when speaking to really senior roles, like senior profiles. And I was like people with 20 years of experience listening to me of two years of experience. <laughs> How can I handle that? And 
I use that experience now when talking to investors or with potential, you know, partners or potential clients. And even yesterday, I was really out of my comfort zone. Yesterday night, I had a meeting from 8 p.m. to 2, to 10 p.m. And it, I had like in two hours, I was pitching to eight different VCs and they were so very different with so different questions, interests and different like attitudes. And it was really nice. But why was it on out of my comfort zone? Because they were all like with more experience than I had. I'm really, I mean, I am really proud of the product we, we do and of the experience we have, but still staying like two hours face to face, or I mean, it was online, but you know what I mean? With these experienced people with various like interests and backgrounds and asking different kinds of questions. And I was just there alone and they were like three, four. Darakush, where were you at? You were, where was your, where was your support, Diana? I mean, yeah, we split, you know, from like in different directions. So we don't spend like all the time in the same meetings. So because okay. we, we have, you know, different focuses, but usually yeah. it's more of us, but it was just a coincidence that I was the only one it was organized, but by a program, I was participating by an accelerator and okay. usually I go on their activities. So that was the, the situation. Which accelerator uh, was this, Diana? It was Innovix. No, no. How do you, how would you grade yourself in your performance last night? Looking back though. I mean, I know it was great for like, uh, as my learning, I mean, going through this accelerator Innovix and some other programs really helped us in this pitching, presenting, you know, handling discussions. It was really, really helpful, but okay. with, with each discussion, you get to learn more, you get to, you know, to understand better what people want, what their interests are, how you need to pitch depending on who's listening or who's on the other side. So I think it was good. So out of the eight VCs, two were really, really interested and the others were mod more moderately to high interested, or at least it seems so. So I'd say that it was really a nice experience. I I'm happy about the, the results, but we'll see what comes next. Okay, so Diana, your strengths I know lie in company culture, recruiting, and human resource activities. What about you, Dragos? What are your primary strengths are as it relates to? Yeah, I guess mainly stressing people around <laughs> with the things that we is <laughs> really good at that. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I actually, yeah. So I, I'm the CEO, so it, it's really hard to define the the job of the CEO because sometimes you have to do really low level stuff because. Maybe no one knows that specific niche and some, sometimes you have to think about the strategy because everyone is so busy with the day-to-day -day stuff. So no one really has the time to, to think where the company is going. You have to be, you know, supportive, encourage people and so on. And I'm just trying to, to, to be, let's say, um, a medicine wherever I, uh, I feel that the company suffers, you know, and yeah. I, I just... Yeah, no, that's so true, especially in a startup or early stage company. I, I, if you ha if you can get everybody with an attitude of like, hey, we're in this together, and that can mean anything from having to sweep the floor, you know, there's no one better or above than anybody else in, in this team culture. So when we think about culture, and, and Diana, you have this experience in this background, what are some of the things that you're looking to bring on the, the new hires in terms of attitude and personalities? And in addition to these characteristics, are you using any sort of tactics or methods to try and get the best people to join the team? 
Yeah, we were really careful when we chose the team. So before, at the really beginning, we were five co-founders and we found each other or Dragos found us through the network. And of course, we had some discussions, kind of interviews. Which, ne we, which network? It was high school and university. And, okay. and yeah, I knew a common person that he knew from high school. I knew from like the previous job and we kind of had a synergy and then we decided it's, it's a good idea to go. Did I, yeah. did I hear you correctly? Five co-founders. I've never talked to a startup that had five co-founders before. So is that, a, is that a decision you made on purpose, Dragosh, or did you feel like, Hey, I need these five key positions to be a part of this team here? No, I, I it wasn't that well thought through. And I don't think there's maybe a magic number. Probably you should be more than two because there are so many things you need to do at the beginning. And it's harder to, to convince investors if it's only one or two people. But yeah, pretty much my attitude was, I, I realized that it would be a luxury to have really experienced people with, with the correct attitude for startup, restaking and all this stuff. So at, at the beginning, I just opened the doors for everyone. I said like, okay, you can join the project. And he, I mean, you will give up yourself in two months if you feel like, you, you know, so many people find it interesting at, at first, but then after two or three months, they have other stuff. Oh, I have my job. I have my plans. I have my kids, yeah. whatever. And they... They just love. So first, first I open the doors to everyone and I just let, let them let this natural selection be. And, you know, like the, the people who, who are competent enough and who also have this, the right attitude state. And there, there were many people before, like as potential co-founders, yeah. which just gave up after one month, two months, three months, six months, something like this. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love sort of like the 18 to 24 month period because that's where sort of like the enthusiasm fades and the passion fades. And that's when you really know like who's going to be in here for the long one, long yes. run. Okay. So a couple of quick questions for you guys here, Diana, again, and I, I kind of cut you off previously, but what is it that you're looking for when you bring on new talents? And the second thing here is my, my, my Mac, my laptop may, may die. If it does, I'm just going to go get my plug and we'll come back into Riverside if it does die. Okay. So that said, I'll hand it back to you, Diana. Yeah, so we were really careful when we chose the the next, like the first employees. We were looking for like great CVs background, of course. We started building the R&D team, so research and development. So we hired three people and they like... Two of them had PhD and still have, of course, PhDs in artificial intelligence. That was really important. One of them had experience at a international cancer research center. That was really great for us. Another one, it has really many results, really gold medals and so on, on different informatic contests and really great background. But apart from that, they also needed to have kind of appetite for risk because it's not the same going to a giant company and, you know, just knowing your path every day or every year being promoted from year to year or whatever salary increase, but you need to, you know, need to understand that this environment is more dynamic and to be open for that and to like, to know what to expect. And then also the motivation to be driven by, you know, really be really, really motivated. So being able to get involved, you know, in various probably jobs, I mean, of course, in the same direction, but, you know, taking, taking the lead on different activities or coming with ideas or giving more than 100% on what you do and being driven by, you know, an inner motivation, not just financial or 
career growth because we think that you can also do career growth maybe even better than a giant company because you get more responsibility and you yeah. get to to see a lot of areas you are not just a really small segment in some big company but still it's a different environment and motivation is really important when coming to a startup okay so i think you guys have around seven seven different customers and are projected to do over four hundred thousand euros in 2023 who are some of these customers do they only exist in romania or are they outside of romania as well they are in romania they are two chains of radiotherapy clinics so seven clinics in total okay. uh, and we plan to of course expand internationally we are also in the process of acquiring the european level certification which allows us to you know to sell the product wherever in in Europe but we started here in Romania because we had you know interest we have here a stronger network but for the next year we will not only focus on the Romanian market but also in Europe and then medium to longer term on other continents too but you know we need a certain certification for for different areas of the globe Okay. And what is one of the things that customers really get excited about when they learn about you guys and when you guys are talking to them about being a, a potential customer for them? I think Medic is one of like your most popular products. Is there another product out there that people get excited about and, and why? No, this, this is our first product. Yeah, we actually, the algorithms we are developing, they, they can be used in many applications in, in, in medicine. Actually, in in most of the medical image analysis tasks. But we started with radiotherapy because here is the biggest need, like 25% of the cancer patients don't get access to this, this treatment in Europe. And in other areas, it's even worse. So I think the doctors get excited because they face these problems every day. So they don't have enough time to, to maybe treat the, the, the patients the way they, they want. And they mm -hmm. don't have enough time to treat all the patients, so they, they must be suffering. You know, they, they see all this. Yeah, oh, oh. they see all this patient, and when when they receive help from a product like ours, of course they are they are really happy because now they they, they can they have more time, so and they can use it to treat all the patients. Yeah, it sounds like patients have greater access now, and obviously there's a, a productivity issue here, time reduction, in terms of servicing the, the, the customers with this technology. Okay, a couple other questions here for you. How are you guys growing right now? What's worked best for you in terms of getting the word out there about Synaptic? And uh, what's what's another marketing tactic that you guys want to try in the future? Okay, so I can take this. For us, it's really important, as I said before, the is having a strong network because, like, when selling, you know, a a medical product, it's not working as you would sell an app on the phone or a pair of shoes. Or you, we don't need to go that much on, like, you know, advertising on Facebook. But mm -hmm. what we need is really strong partnerships. So being it medical or imaging clusters that could, you know, open the doors for us or having relevant partners or advisors that also are really well connected in this medical world. So because, you know, the, you. the trust you can build through the through these connections is more valuable than having a paid advertising on some social media. And then yeah. also like this chain, the, the word of mouth. 
So if we manage to, to go get some clients and they are satisfied, we are certain that their reviews or their talking with in the market will help us a lot when knocking on some in some other doors. So it would be much easier for us if we already have satisfied customers that they would talk about us. And when we approach the new customers, the, the way would be much, much easier. So that's what we are focusing on building the strong network that would help us, you know, opening doors. Okay. All right. Last question, what's the highest stakes negotiation that you've been in so far? Yeah, are you talking about the clients or in general? It could be with investors. It could be on bringing a new employee, you know, talking about salary, about salary, or it could just be, you know, with um, investors or something else. Yeah, for, for sure. Like there's a lot of negotiating as a CEO. You have to, to negotiate with the investors, keep them happy, or maybe attract new investors. You have to negotiate with the clients. You have to bring clients, but maybe, you know, doing something for a client might upset the investors, might upset the employees because they realize they have to focus on something else. And you, you have to keep, keep happy all these, these parts, these moving parts of the, the company. And that's a, that's a difficult task. And even though, like, if we're talking about money-wise, of course, the biggest stakes is always with the investors and the clients. But I think for me personally, the, the most important is when you, you negotiate with the, the people, like trying to encourage them. Maybe they, they lost some motivation for a brief while or they, you know, when you try to you try to to inspire them to to revive their motivation you know for the for the project and i think that's one of the the toughest and the highest stakes part because for me personally i'm i'm more set if if employee or if let's say co-founder leaves the the company and i think it's more important than if you miss a client or if you miss maybe a good deal an investment deal okay all right guys Thank you so much. This has been a pleasure. I enjoyed having you. This is Diana Andragos from Synaptic. And for those listening, until next week, la revedere. All right, Diana Dragas, pleasure having you guys on. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for the invitation. It was a really great experience with you here. All right, my pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having us. And hope to see yeah. you soon again. Yeah, my pleasure. listening to the show if you enjoyed it i'd really appreciate it if you could give us a review and star rating also don't forget to sign up for the ico newsletter at innovatorscanlaugh.com where you can get the bio and details of each guest thanks <laughs>